This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lawson Walters, and beside me is Monica Galette. How do you pronounce your last name? (laughs) I always do it differently. It's Galash. Galash. Monica Galash. You're all Galash in German. Doesn't really Gul- matter. Gulash. Anywhere, any any pronunciation will get you there. Really. Gulag. I've had I've had gulash most of my life. <laughs> gulash. Mm-hmm. But That's it's food. galash. 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 Galaspy. Anyways. <laughs> Dizzy galashy. <laughs> so so we have another quiz, right? We're doing another quiz because we've already People had are just two snapping them up quizzes. Today. Just this is the best. Bam. I'm loving it. Loving it. Well, let's go. Another quiz. Give us. Who give am us I? Another Bible character. For 180 days, I displayed the vast wealth of my kingdom and the splendor and glory of my majesty. So for 180 days, this person went on like a bit of a show and tell. Okay. You're going to have a go at this and you are wrong. Give us a call. I'm, I'm mad lost. I Give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. I'd be so delighted if we could give away. Can you imagine if we had this like miraculous day where we gave away the quiz prize on the first clue every single time? That'd be pretty awesome. Done it twice in a row already. Come on, people. Come on, people. Let's do it three times in a row. For 180 days, I displayed the vast wealth of my kingdom and the splendor and glory of my majesty. 180 days. Give me a call. I have no idea. I'm like super lost. Somebody out there, call me. But we are uh, getting into our Bible study today. And we are going to be talking about faith. We're going to be Ooh. talking about grace. We're going to be talking about works. We're going to be talking about how all of those mix together. Like, you know, sugar and milk and tea and a tea. Sugar and milk are a terrible combination. They're really, really bad for your health. Well, then we're not going to talk about it like that. We're going to we're going to be talking about how, <laughs> how it's not like that. We're going to talk about how oh, what's a, what's a, it's, it goes together like uh, like spaghetti. And no cheese is no vegan cheese. And vegan crackers. bio cheese on top of Cashew cheese and crackers. on bio cheese. It goes together like pizza and pineapple. Oh, that is controversial. <laughs> oh, have we got someone answering the yes! quiz? We please produce. I can see producer Jazz on the phone. Yeah. come on, come please. on, folks. Oh, we we want more people to win these. This would be the best day. Man, ever. imagine if we get through four. What if it's actually Lyle just pretending to be people, <laughs> 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 calling up, doing his best Maryland voice? <laughs> Hello, I'd like to answer the quiz. <laughs> and like all the all the prizes. Get sent to the same address. <laughs> he says, and then he's like, he's on the phone with Jasmine. He's like, uh, right across Australia, right, right across, across the faith of them. And he's like, oh, and Jasmine's like getting real suspicious. Like, <laughs> what was what was that? He's like, oh, sorry, uh, I like your show a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Lila, this is you calling in as multiple people. We're so on to you right now. <laughs> okay, I got it. It goes together like an apple and orange and pineapple smoothie. Oh, juice. Ew. What? Do you do really bad food combos here? How Dude. many how many ingredients do you want in this analogy? We need three ingredients. Okay. Celery, onion, capsicum. That's the holy trinity of southern cooking. I fully it's don't literally the basis. You. It's like it's like it's like traditional southern cooking. You start with those three ingredients and you fry them up. 
and then everything on top of that. I do like, like gumbo and stew. I do like onions. Oh man, I really like onions. I like onions. It's literally called the Holy Trinity. Google it. Google Holy Trinity of Southern cooking. And that sounds sacrilegious. But anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) get into faith. Works and grace. And we're going to come to an understanding of how these things mix together. And this is something, uh, it's, it's come up in our 20 million movement, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is good. That means we get to talk about it. But it's something I've been really thinking about a lot lately. Um, and we're going to be spending the majority of our time in the book of James chapter 2. But before we go there, we're going to go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. And verse eight to ten, because this is this is like the foundational verse for how grace and faith and salvation and works and all those things like mix together. Ephesians chapter two verses eight, nine, and ten. They're like it's where it's at. So would you give that to us, Monica? Could you read those verses for us? God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Mm-hmm. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Wow, mm. that's nice. So that's like you, your your version, the NLT. It's um, basically, it's getting at the same thing that my New King James is getting at, but he uses some different words um, there, like he uses some synonyms. But like, like I was saying, grace, faith, and works. And just listen to this when you read it. L- try and pick up on these words, and you'll see the relationship really clearly. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That, not of yourself, is it, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we have this here, this this threefold relationship of grace, faith, and works. And how they basically go together here, it says you're saved by grace, by the grace of God. Salvation is a gift to you. It's something that you can't contribute to whatsoever. God has done the entire, like, everything. Jesus died on the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be saved because of that. The the The... You could say the mechanism that is used to obtain that grace that God has shown you is faith. That you believe, essentially. Um, that's what God's asking for. It's like, okay, you like now um, that I've died for you, I've given you this sacrifice, you need to believe in it, basically. Super simple. But then it goes on to say, it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. And this is getting at the idea that I shared before, that there is nothing that we can do to contribute contribute to our salvation in any possible way. Mm. God does not practically need us to do anything to save us. Um, in fact, God does not need us to do anything regarding to him. Like, God is a being outside of time and space. He has no need of anything physical, um, except, like, basically, you know, why does... Then that begs the question. It's like, well, what's the point of saving us if we just suck and we don't help God at all? And in fact, we go against him. Um and that is love. And that is because of love. The yeah. Bible says, you know, if you do not know love, you do not know God. For God is love. Inherently, God is love. Everything about God is love. And so God really takes love to its um, logical conclusion that, you know, he loves us so much that, you know, he creates us. He, he's created us. And even though we've turned from him, he's died for us to save us, to give us a choice to be with him if we want to. Um so we can't practically contribute to our salvation in any way. That is completely God's job. But then it goes on to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And what this is basically saying, it's like, okay, once you get 
grace down once you understand, okay, yep, I believe, you know, well, God has saved me entirely by his work and his mercy and his grace. Um, and then you believe in that. The next step from there is is that God literally recreates you to do good works in his name. Why? Because our relationship isn't exclusively you know, with God, how we how we live as a being isn't exclusively with God. We are not one person with God roaming around on earth by ourselves, but we are many people. There are 7 billion people on this earth. There are three people sitting in this studio, and there are lots of people who are listening from either their car or at home or at work or wherever you are listening to our show on Faith FM this morning. We have to deal with one another as, as you know, and so... Basically, God has, you know, we've fallen into a saving relationship with him in which he saves us by all the work that he does. But then he does a work in us to do good works for others because, you know, to show others the love that he has shown us. And and you can talk about that, like, you know, we could sit here for the next uh, three days and talk about that. And there are many books that have been written on this very thing. Um, but I want to get into, yeah. This works section, this grace and works and faith, like we see their sort of theological relationship here in, in Ephesians, how they work um, in, in terms of, you know, what our belief and understanding of it is. But practically, the book of James gives just amazing advice. And James is an awesome book. I've uh, memorized the first chapter of James because it's just amazing. Um my friend Jasmine, who I work with, she is like deep. She's like up to chapter three already of memorizing the book of James. She's just an absolute gun. But yeah, it's really, really good. Really, really sound and solid advice. So I'm just going to be turning there now. If you can turn there with me, uh, Monica. Man, I'm getting it's my... going to be Jasmine, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Get my the name third so. Jasmine. <laughs> the third Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is awesome. All right. So we're going to get into this and read about faith and works right after this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So let's just go, let's start reading from James chapter 2 and verse 14, and let's just read to the end of the chapter. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, (laughs) but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So, you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Mm. If you say you have faith, for you believe there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So, you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. 
Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them away safely by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. Man, that wow. is awesome. I <clears throat> I love that passage. It's pretty clear. I don't understand why people get so confused by it. And it's so practically real. You know, so in, in Ephesians, we see the theological impl- implications and the theological understanding of faith and grace and works, which is essentially you believe in God by faith, you know, via faith, you believe in God and you receive his grace. And then God does a work in your heart to make, you know, to essentially God, God helps you to then do good works to others. But here it just sort of practically lays it out. It gives us a bit of a manual on like, okay, well, th- this is what it actually looks like. What do works that come from God actually looks like? And it gives us some some examples with Abraham and Rahab. Um, but I'm just going to start in verse 14, and we're just going to get as far as we possibly can in this uh, Bible study. We have about 17 minutes left with a song in between it. So we're going to get as far as we can through this passage, because I just feel like every single verse in and of itself is so powerful, so amazing, so rich with meaning. I'm going to start with verse 14, and, and what it says in my Bible, it says, What does it profit? My brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? This is amazing. Um, I think it's it's super interesting. Like the conversation comes up, you know, faith and 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 works, and you know, when it when it really comes down to it, um, what James eventually gets at here is that faith is. You know, we, we see our faith through our works. And how does this make sense? Well, your actions, the thing that you do, the things that you do communicate something about what you believe, essentially. So God, um, he saved us, okay? And what has he saved us from? Sin. Um, he saved us from sin for what purpose? Um, so that we can we can be alive. You know, sin cuts us off from God. Sin causes pain and death and suffering. And by Jesus' death on the cross, it's like, okay, you have the ability to accept that um, and be saved and, you know, be saved in the second coming and go to heaven. Amen. That's amazing. But it's when we have, um, when we come into a place where we have uh, a relationship with God. And that relationship comes by faith, by believing in that God is who he says he is. God is a God of love. He saves us by his grace. And he wants us to believe that by faith. And and practically speaking, you know, that, that, that looks like a relationship with God because God is a person as you're a person, as Jasmine is a person, as the people who are listening to our show is a person. So God wants to have this relationship. He wants to reestablish this connection with us that was lost because of sin. And then he advises us all the way through the Bible. You know, we see the Ten Commandments, we see in the teachings of Jesus, like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you should do. You know, Jesus often talks about theological things, but he often talks about orthodoxical things. So our orthodox, how we practice our religion. Like, what do you do because you believe in God? Often talking about this. And then we do those things because we believe that God is who he says he is. How does that make sense? Well, essentially in this way. God wants to save us from sin. We believe, yeah, we believe. In that case, he loves us. He has our best interest at heart. 
And it's like, sweet, awesome. Like, God loves us. He's, like, done everything for us. He sacrificed for us. Now, if we believe that by faith, we believe in the grace that God has given us because of how good he is. We believe that God's character is amazing and he loves us so much. We believe that by faith. Well, then, we would want to do the things that God has told us to do. Why? Because those things, you know, by nature, if God is love and he's told us told us to do them, well, then they're inherently loving. And it's like, oh, okay, sweet, awesome. You know, it's, it's so crazy when people look at the things that God tells them to do. They look at the counsel of the Bible. They're like, wow, that's so burdensome. Like, yes, uh, the things are difficult, but only if you believe that God doesn't want to help you do them. That's another thing. Like God has promised, oh, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'll write the laws in your heart. That's what the Bible says in in Hebrews and in John 14. You know, I send you the helper and he will abide in you. Like amazing. Yes. Like God is going to help me to keep his word. God is going to help me to keep his law, to do his thing. Um, Like when we read those verses, like that, actually believing that is reflected through our works. Because if we were doing the works that God has commanded us to do, knowing that he's going to help us to do them, well, then we would do them and people would see them and people would say, wow, this person believes. I love the point that it makes here as well. Like, how how can how can that save him and he, if he has faith but no works? It's like, if your faith includes absolutely no works, well, that, how can you even tell that you're saved? What do you believe in? The point it makes as well here is it says even the de- demons believe God is real. You know, the, to to the demons, like God, de- to demons, God is a very real reality to them. Unlike, you know, maybe a lot of people in this world is like constant coming up, you know, oh, yeah, but we can't see God. We can't, you know, see where he is. You know, if, if God came down and told me right now that, oh, hey, like I exist, I'm here, then I would believe them. But I do like... At least we have the tiniest cause for doubt on this world. And then it's, you know, our job as Bible-believing Christians then show people the Word and show them the amazing evidence in the Word to believe. But the Bible also says um, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Saying that by faith we can show people that God is real. And how can the, like, the only way that that can be reflected is through our works. Does that make sense? Yeah, Monica? absolutely. Like the only way that people could possibly see that we believe in God, we believe that God is who he is, we believe that what God says is by our works. Yeah, by observing our works. Exactly, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I, I might have said this on, on radio before, and I, 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 uh, I love telling this to people. Um, we had our grand opening for Raymond Terrace Mission Church in March, and Gary Blanchard, who is the youth director of the entire Global World Conference, um, he came and preached a sermon, and it was really good. And he said this really amazing thing. He was like, you know, people often throw out this super spiritual line, and they say, don't look at me, look at Jesus. Now, that is a very spiritual thing to say, and that is something that I've heard people say many times. And if you didn't know that I was like, if you couldn't tell that I was baiting you, you'd be like, oh, that sounds good, you know. But what he said is essentially, yeah, that's all fine and well, but if people don't see Jesus in you, well, then where else are people going to see Jesus? You know, people aren't looking in the Bible. People aren't looking in their local churches, in the community. No, they see you walking down the street, and if you're not living the life that Jesus lived, or at least striving to, well, then how are they going to see Jesus at all? 
How is someone that has no experience with the Bible, how is someone that has no experience with Christianity going to see Jesus? Um, and it's like the only way they could is through our works. And we see this with Jesus as well. He himself strived to live the perfect life, perfectly living in the ways that God has in, had instructed him to live. Like, if that's not an example to us, well, then I don't know what is. We're going to press pause right there and come back to this discussion. Uh, We're going to listen to a song. This is Lauren Daigle with How Can It Be?
Welcome back to Faith FM. That was Lauren Daigle with How Can It Be, a song that's very beloved right now, a song that's that's uh, that's popping off the charts, but... I literally downloaded it while it was playing. Oh, nice. No, I jumped go. on iTunes. I was like, I got to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number two for our third quiz this morning. I'm so into this. Um, someone did answer this, actually got it correct, but uh, it was it was still Chris who answered the <laughs> quiz, number two, uh, quiz number two. And he can't get two And they prizes. just did it for the bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. So Chris gets bragging rights again. Oh, he gets the prison. He gets the prison. He gets the prison. And he gets the prize, the first from the um, second. Yeah. So quiz. the prize is still up for grabs, essentially. That's for the, what yeah, we're getting the, at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. um, you can't get a prize, I think, more than once a month is the policy yep. now. Um, so who am I? Uh, I'll give you clue number one again. For 180 days, I displayed the vast wealth of my kingdom and the splendor and glory of my majesty. Clue number two, my edict granted the Jews the right to assemble and protect themselves to kill and annihilate any armed force that might attack them. (laughs) So it's obviously a king. It's a king? uh, Who granted the Jews the right to defend themselves. I, I, I don't know how to spell his name. Um, I'm going to mute our microphones for like a split second yeah. and they can say it. Yes, Lawson has it correct. Ah, there you go. Yeah, very difficult to spell. You! <laughs> I knew it. I was like, there we go. I, I thought it was a Hebrew king at first, but then you said, as soon as you said that, I was like, okay, I know, I know where that is. I know what's yeah. going. I know what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're continuing with our Bible study. I've been talking about faith and works and i was just talking about how works are so much a reflection of our faith it shows us that we believe who god is but i want to ask you this question that even drives this point like Mm -hmm. this point home harder um i'm going to give a little bit of context to the question i'm going to give ask the question so i mean i love being a part of a church Uh i love having fellowship because it's like so good you have accountability with all these other people who believe in god who believe um you know what you believe while simultaneously then having the ability as a group to reach out to others in in your community other and and uh, and i've been really blessed to be at raymond terrace and and have an amazing environment there where you know we we're constantly you know bringing in new people to church and they're just having a really great time and and our church is regarded as warm and friendly and it's just awesome, you know, to be able to to support each other, you know, and then to support our community as well and, and you sort of build these this community of faith. Um, but I want to, like, in the, in the light of that, you know, knowing that we come together as a brethren and, and you know, we come to church and we come together and we have accountability and all those things, like, What's the easiest way then to tell if someone's like falling away from God? By their actions? Yeah, well, by their actions. But in that context, like you're all coming to church and supporting each other. What's the easiest way to tell if someone's like, you know, struggling with their faith, like falling away? You can't really tell them. If everyone's if everyone's putting on a, on a, a face and warming a pew... Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell. It is hard to tell, but let let me uh, let me let me say this because this is what I think anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah, it's it's hard to tell for the people who are who are there like every week. You know, if they're just continually coming, you know, there are sure there are some telltale signs. Like, if they're very limited, you know, in involvement, and you see they start becoming more recluse and whatnot. But one of the easiest way to tell is like, oh man, when someone's like falling away with their relationship with God, that I can tell is when they stop coming to church. Mm-hmm. 
when it stops becoming a regular thing from them, when they when they stop valuing that. Because the, coming to church, like you read the Bible, you read the book of Acts, going to church is something that God wants us to do. Absolutely. Keeping the Sabbath is something that God wants us to do. 100%. We see that in the Ten Commandments. But being part of a fellowship, being part of a church is absolutely 1,000% something that God has mandated us to do in the Bible, you know, that we come together in fellowship. And I think the easiest way to see... It's for our own good. For our own good. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many benefits in being in a church, you know, that, yeah, you have amazing accountability with people that you can be so much supported in your faith and everything, as well as it really props you up when you're in a group of people who are Loving actually, God and following Him, it props you up to be a better. Yeah, and it know, safeguards against uh, mental diseases because loneliness is a huge trigger. And Oof, having a, yes. having a community, it's like instant family. Mm, it's amazing, and I can just personally attest as someone who didn't grow up going to church and then became someone who is growing to church. Like you know, the, those those family members that you have are part of your church. I look at Raymond Terrace and I'm like, oh Blake and Malvinus, the different Bible workers and the elders. You know, Brad and Jesse and Susanna and and uh, you know the the treasure for our church, Kylie. All these people who I regard as my my spiritual family, who I think are just amazing people. I look at people like Lyle and Shell and. Um, you know, my, my friends, the boys that I live with because we Bible work together, like we're like a family, you know, um, and we're all united by the fact that we believe. And, it, and it's just amazing to go to church. But, yeah, the easiest way to see if someone is like falling away from God is then they stop going to church. Um, going to church is a work, like inherently going to church because the Bible says so. That is a work. That is not like be, why? Because you have to physically do something. That is not something that contributes to your salvation. That is no, but it's some. It's like like literally the Bible says. Uh, and let me just clarify what I said. I said that's not something that contributes to your salvation in the way that it doesn't help God save you anymore by you going to church. That doesn't give God like you know God doesn't need help to save you. you no, know, that's that's the decision you make. But an extension of that, like we've been talking about, is your works. And one of the easiest ways to see is like, man, when someone stops regularly coming to church and regularly being a part of the different ministries that the church are running and everything, it's like very easy to see um, that they're falling away. And so in that way, I want to give advice. I want to give advice to anyone who's out there listening, to anyone who's like, oh man, okay, so I have an understanding now that my faith is reflected you know, um, you know the the faith that I have because of the grace that God has given me, the belief that I have that God um, is who He says He is is reflected through my works. Okay, well, what work should I be doing? Well, I think you know it's very easy to say, oh, well, you want to start with things like the Ten Commandments. You want to start with you know just just following what the Bible says. But I cannot give better advice than this: be a part of your local church ministries. Like if you are a church attendee. Be a part of the things that your church is doing. If you're not an attendee, if you're listening to us maybe the first time or or you're just someone who isn't part of a faith community, I can just highly advise you to find one because you will be blessed. And then being a part of that faith community, then helping that church, being a part of the ministries that they're running, it is like the most amazing and blessed thing and you will see the church that you're a part of grow and it'll grow your faith so much when you're like part of something and you're earnestly praying for it. You know, me being a Bible worker, like the amount of prayer that I'm in for 
the different contacts that I have in the community, the different ministries that we're running. We've been talking about earlier the Prophetic Code series, which I'm, me and Lyle are going to be preaching at, the amount of prayer and preparation that goes into that so that we can reach our community with, like, the truth of God. Like, it just strengthens your faith so much to be a part of something. Why? Because you're doing it because you believe in God. So if I, yeah, if I can give any advice, you know, Go along to your church's prayer meetings. Go along to your church's food pantries and, and help give out food. Go along to, you know, the Friday night uh, Bible study, whatever it may be. And if your church isn't doing that, well, then start it because churches should only exist to reach their community. If you have Amen. a ministry that isn't reaching the community, well, then that's a ministry that you need to stop. Mm. Like, th- there you go. But... Seriously, be a part of your churches. It is an extension of your faith. It is an extension of what you believe. It shows people that, yeah, I am a believer in God. Be a part of it. But, yeah, thanks for listening. Man, I, I love that I get to talk about stuff on, on the radio, things that I'm passionate about, and that Amen. is working for churches. But right now, this is Anna Beden with Iron Convinced. This is probably one of my favorite songs at the moment. No joke. I listened to this on the way here this morning. But uh, Anna Beden with I Am Convinced. Uh, yeah, we'll get back after this. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about the future, not even the power of hell can never separate us from God's love. from God's love and I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or on the earth below nothing in all creation would ever stop separate us from God's
convinced that nothing can never separate us from God's love. Well, God left His throne so that we would surely know just how far God would go because of. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. (laughs) Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song my Savior all the day long. Visions of rapture now burst at my side. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Angels descending, bring from above. 
Faith of him. Faith of him. I'm going to give you one more clue for this quiz, and then Lawson, I'm going to hit you with a curly question. Oh, yeah. Who am I? My wife refused when I commanded her to display her beauty at my banquet. Mm. Oh, that's 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 a bit of that's a bit of marriage tension right there. Yeah. yeah. Come on, just just look, just look good for the fellas. No, no. <laughs> Give us a call. I just want to show you off to my friends and family. No! (laughs) How dare you! (laughs) 1-800-324-843 if you know which king that is. That's actually a really good story of like faithfulness and like God working in that situation. Amen. I I don't want to... um, I wonder what ever happened to that queen because she got like... She ended up being like chucked out in the wilderness. Yeah. She she was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Okay, Larson. Yep. Time for you to try and be awesome by answering this question. Okay. It's a what's, hard one. What's the question? It's a hard one. It relates to, you know, we were talking earlier today about um, faith and works and uh, and how yes. we need to be involved in our church mm-hmm. um, because it's not just about having faith. We also need to, you know, apply some actions to our words yep. and to our claims. But this has been asked, what if I don't have time for ministry? <laughs> very busy. Very, very busy, busy, busy. Life, paying Ooh, bills, okay. kids. That's a good one. Mortgages, car loans. 
That's a good one. In-laws, family, events, Christmas, Easter. It's like so much happening, Lawson. Mm. What if I'm like too busy reading the Bible to, to, to do works? No. I'm yeah. just, <laughs> I've heard that come up before, actually. But check this out. Jesus says, arise, um, pick up your cross and follow me. There and inherently in that sentence, you know, arise and pick up your cross. These are words of sacrifice. It's something that you need to do. And look, arising and, and carrying your cross, you know, the representation of like getting up to go do something and, and sacrificing for it. Um, they're things that the most successful people on earth do anyway. Like, you know, arise, you know, getting up to do something and then, you know, displaying a huge amount of self-sacrifice to be able to achieve that certain thing. You know, all of your Forbes top 100 guys, all of like any successful person understands that thing. Like to achieve my goals, there needs to be self-sacrifice. And and then on top of that, like Jesus says, follow me. He gives extra instruction. It's like, okay, you arise and you take up your cross. You sacrifice yourself to follow me. There's a story in, in, in Matthew chapter 8, um, where the Bible says this, it says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus responds and he says, Foxes have holes and birds um, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So what Jesus gets out here is he's like, Look, Following me is very difficult. Like, you know, like I'm super stoked with your decision because that's what I'm calling for. But you also have to know, like, even the animals of, you know, (laughs) the animals in nature have a better living situation with me. This is going to be a a hard and difficult journey that's going to involve self-sacrifice. 100%. The next person comes and he says, uh, it says, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go bury my dead father. So, God, like, I'll follow you with everything I have. But, well, right now, essentially, he's like, oh, but I'm just busy. Like, just let me go and do something else, and then I'll come and follow you, like, um, when I have the time. And Jesus responds, he said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead, which is like, whoa, that's super heavy. Like, what Jesus is getting at here, that those who aren't following him are dead. Um, In fact, you know, we're talking about how faith is dead when there's no works. What Jesus says is, look, and this is, again, comes down to belief. It's like, if we believe who God is, if God, if we believe who God is, who he says he is, uh, that didn't really make grammatical sense, but you get where I'm getting at. If we believe uh, the claims that God makes about himself, that like, he'll help us to do everything. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. You know, he'll provide everything that we need on our journey. Then what worry do we have about the material things in life or the, uh, about our jobs or about anything? Like God will provide you with time if you ask him. God will provide you with ability if you ask him. Like, and where you, you see this no better with, than all the disciples. You know, you, you see someone like Peter. He's like, oh, you know, he's preaching to the Pharisees and they're like freaking out because they're like, oh man, this guy isn't even educated yet. We can tell he's been with Jesus because of how well he's preaching, you know. God will provide everything that you need to follow him and to do his work and you just have to believe it. This is Sydney Wolverton. God hasn't let me go Cause I've let him go many times 
He keeps amazing me with how he's changing me. I'm holding on this time, and I keep on telling myself, Don't dig up what you've sowed in faith. Don't give up what won't be replaced. Your life means more than you would ever know. Let him anchor your soul, your soul, your soul, your soul. I'm thankful God hasn't let me go, 'cause I've let Him go many times. Keeps amazing me with how he's changing me. I'm holding on this time, and through the valley, through the deep, when the ocean's crashing in, I will trust. I will lean on the one who calms the sea. So remind me, don't dig up what you sowed in faith. Don't give up what won't be. That was Anna Beaton and Sydney Wolverton. Of course, you'll hear them on uh, October 12th at the Maitland Seventh Day Adventist Church, as well as Kemi Ogandi, as well as myself. I'm going to be doing some some little little ditties there. Uh, we're all going to be hanging out and singing and stuff uh, at Maitland Church. If you want more information about that, you can give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. But we have come to the end of our show, and we are giving away something. Thank you so much, by the way, Lawson, for coming in and filling in for. Sicko Lyle. Oh yeah, but yeah, we are Sicko giving. <laughs> we are giving something away now. Be the first person to call through on one eight hundred Faith FM, and you can snap yourself up a copy of a movie Ooh. called Kingdom Come: The History yes. of Tomorrow. Yes. Wonderful DVD, really, really great uh, film. On the back it says, "When famed astronomer Carl Sagan saw the now world famous photo of our distant Earth known as the pale blue dot, he captured the grandeur perfectly, referring to our planet as a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam." Oof. And it was Sagan's sentiment that is felt by millions today that our world has no meaning and no purpose. 
This movie is a historical documentary that examines an ancient biblical prophecy that gives substantial evidence that our planet is not alone in the universe and that our future does hold meaning. Give us a call if you want to get a copy of Kingdom Come, The History of Tomorrow. How does that experience um, tie in with the Bible, with the prophecies of Daniel? Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Get that one totally for free. Of course, we have now come to the end of our show. We want to remind you, if you have a want to study the Bible, if you know people who other people who'd like to study the Bible, um, if you want to get in touch with someone who can take you on that journey, give us a call at one 800 324-843 and we'll be able to hook you up with some kind of Bible teacher in whatever area you are. If you're in the uh, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, Maitland, Raymond Terrace, Raymond Terrace, Port Stephens region, you can even study the Bible with me. But uh, thanks for listening. This has been Faith of Them.